Customers love options. Bike builders like options too. When you're looking for the highest quality plug and play lighting for your V-Twin, why not make the same choice as professional builders and make the switch to electric lighting? Electric lighting is the choice of builders like Dave Perowitz and Corey Ness. Even builders like myself have made the switch to electric lighting. Electric quality isn't just quality you can see, electric quality is quality you can feel. Did I mention that electric lighting was the first manufacturer to offer a lifetime warranty on all LED turn signals? Visit your local independent motorcycle shop or online at www.namscustomcycleproducts.com. You're a craftsman, so you spend a little bit extra for tools made in the USA and guaranteed for life. Why should your workwear be any different? Let's face it, you work in some tough situations. You need tough workwear that works with you, not against you. 1620 Workwear builds the toughest, most comfortable workwear right here in the USA. The science is in the fabric, from fit and finish to comfort. 1620 Workwear has a fit for almost any environment, no matter your trade. 1620 Workwear is ready to go to work right away and needs no break-in period. It's also guaranteed for life. Visit www.1620usa.com or follow on Instagram at 1620USA. 1620 Workwear, American-made and guaranteed for life. Hey there, Garage Build Podcast listeners. I want to talk to you today about a product that I use every single day. It's products from Fix Your Lid, and they make grooming products right here in the United States of America. And their most important claim is they source every one of their raw materials in the United States, even down to the boxes they arrive in. Basically, if it's made in another country, they will refuse it, even if that means spending significantly more money to do so. They make shampoos, conditioners, pomades, and hair gels, and I personally use the shampoo, conditioner, and pomade every single day. Most of their products are also available in a trial size or if you want a smaller travel size, if you will. And you can buy these products at any Target store or online at Target.com. You can follow them on Instagram at FixYourLid, and I recommend them. I use them. And I hope you will too. Hello and welcome back to the Helen Wheels Garage Built Podcast. We've got a little bit different podcast for you today. Um, it's kind of a little different. I've never done this before, but this is what you'd call like a dual cast or a simulcast or something else. Uh, I was a guest on Cycle Source Magazine's Shop Talk uh, a couple Sundays ago. And with Chris Callen and Heather Callen's permission, they are the editors and publishers of that magazine and they produce a lot of content online through their company source media you can find them on facebook i'm sure everybody here already knows about them but if you don't these folks are doing the hard work they are publishing a motorcycle custom motorcycle magazine once monthly and there's almost nobody on the planet doing that anymore so they are definitely the outliers they put in more work they're the king of the hills so i appreciate that a um, couple of promos here. Don't forget, if you're looking for top quality workwear that's made in the USA using U.S. sourced fabrics, go to 1620workwear.com. When you get ready to place your order, use the code word SPEEDMETAL, all caps. It'll not only let them know that you heard about them through us, but you also get 20% off your order. These work pants are not your average everyday work pants. Yes, they cost more than a pair of Dickies or Red Cap, but they're going to last long. They're lifetime warrantied. They're handmade. This is quality, quality garments made here in the U.S. using U.S. sourced goods. So I give you episode 37 of the Garage Built Podcast with me and Chris Callen and Heather Callen and Mark from Flat Rope Customs on Shop Talk.
listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Hallman. Um, our next guest coming up is uh, I've known I've known Jason for a long time. So the next guest is, is Jason Holman. I've known him for a long time, and I've watched from afar and seen stuff that he's done, and and you know always thought that he was cool. He's a great conversation, and um, it wasn't until Daytona this year, like he came into the handmade lot, and we started spending you know a good a good amount of time, and like in that I realized that dude is like one of the funniest cats. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, he can jump in and out of personality. So he's really either funny, extremely funny, or really, like, crazy, like, batshit crazy. Where no, he just if has he's different hanging, personalities. Wait a if he's and, hanging like, out with us, I'm going for the batshit crazy option. No, but he, he is. He's super intelligent, great in a conversation, and it, it is no small wonder that as all this technology is going on and um, and we move into where the information age is meeting the communication age, it makes complete sense that he's he's riding that wave too and getting involved with it. So everybody put your hands together and help me welcome to the show, Mr. Jason Holman. How you doing tonight, buddy? I'm very well. How are you? Huh? Is that your van? My van? Yeah. You said you were working on a van a van. No, this is not my mobile studio. This no? is mine. My base, my stationary studio at home base here in Lakeland, Florida. Dude, it's so good. It looks so good in there. Thanks, man. I've got I had to turn the the camera down because my ceiling tile, one of my ceiling tiles, has got a little got a little stain in it. So, but you know, we yeah. got to keep it classy in Something here. Something white paint for. So, <laughs> in 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 your introduction, I had to I had to go all you know un- uncover the truth about your about your multiple personality disorder. I apologize for doing that, but. It's That's all right. They show up. They show up when they when they're most needed. <laughs> Comic relief and to keep me, because I don't think I am saying. I think I am. I think you said I was batshit crazy. I'm, I'll go with batshit crazy for five hundred dollars, Alex. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about your history in motorcycles, because you actually have uh, you're 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 a generational um, motorcycle afflicted person with this. You 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 weren't you weren't just accidentally found your way in the back door. This is born and bred. No. I, I fought it. I fought it till I till you know the ripe old age of about thirty. I grew up. I mean, literally, um, in Detroit, and we had a we had a chopper in the living room and in the basement. I can remember my dad having to pull the front end off the bike because he didn't realize he, he didn't uh, figure out the the turning radius to go up the steps and then out the back door. So the front end had to come off the bike. I mean, I it, it's, it's crazy. It's been in my blood. Right on. And uh, originally, originally, what was your hometown in, it, up in up in Michigan, so, right? But was it in I, I, Detroit proper? I lived in Detroit proper until it was time to go to school. Like like all responsible parents, my parents knew that probably wasn't going to be end very well if I stayed in inside the city proper. So we moved around a little bit. And we ended up um, we when we opened our first motorcycle show or shop, rather, it was in Plymouth, Michigan, which uh, it was there until gosh, I think a year and a half, two years ago. It finally moved uh, one town over, but it's still in business. Yeah, yeah. I liked um, I liked so much the uh, the respect that you had. We were talking about Steve Broyles the other day, and, and it, the conversation was going on. You know, a bunch of a bunch of guys from that generation, and uh, you were talking about how Steve was, you know, back in the day, and like how how you didn't have the same you didn't have the same approach that that you do with guys like that today back then well, because it was a little no. scary <laughs> oh, steve's in listen steve uh steve is one of the greatest men that i've ever known when when my dad passed away two years ago steve was the first person to call me and what people don't know about me being in this business for full time for 18 years uh when i got into actually got into v-twin motorcycles and pulled away from from auto drag racing uh i started going to steve's shop just like my dad went to steve's shop and you know, you find yourself in there. It's, it's a little, it's a little off-putting just because there's an aura in there of a bunch of guys that don't want to answer stupid questions. Is the only way I know how to put it. So I would go into Steve's just about every single day, and then I finally decided that we were going to make this thing be a full-time deal. And when I did, Steve was who I went to, and I explained to him. I said, "Hey, look, I, you know, I know you know me. I know you know my dad. Um, we want to open a motorcycle shop, and I want you to know about it, and I want everyone to know about it, and you know." pay homage to what he had done and uh he was the first one he put his hand out he says as long as you do it right 
you know, shook my hand. It's as long as you do it right, I'll help you all the way. And he has, Steve has helped yeah. me countless ways. Yeah, it's a good man. It's a good man yeah. right there. So, hey, that, you know, speaking of that, you just brought up the drag racing thing. And, Mark, I'm not sure that you know this part of Jason. Have you heard any of his story, like where he, where he yeah, came up yeah, through drag bit. racing? A little bit of it. Because he was just telling me the other day, tell everybody a little bit about, about some of your time in, the, in that sport. Well, my fate, I mean, I was, I started working for the original Ram Chargers when I was in high school. So I had like the coolest job in town. And so I knew where all the races were going to be. I knew where, how much money all the races were going to be for. And I knew what parts were in those cars. So I knew where to put my money. And so we would just go downtown and we would race on uh, 12th Street and West Grand Boulevard and go race in front of the Greyhound bus station. And we'd stay out till the sun came up. And just, it was just a little bit of gamma, a little bit, of, a little bit of street racing, a little bit, and a lot of fun. I got, I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Now, Detroit, I, I remember this from stories that I, I wrote over the years, but what were the what were the two names, the names of the two streets that are like the most, the two most notorious? Yes, it is. So Telegraph divides whether you are in the city or not, and Woodward decides whether, whether you're going to be east side or west side, because a lot of people don't know this. And, you know, I have some really good friends that I love to death that are East Siders, but I'm a West Sider at heart. So like Fab Kevin and Eric Gorgeous and those dudes that I'm solid with and Brian Clem, those dudes are all East Siders. I'm a West Sider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shots fired. They know it. I give them a over, hard time. Over the bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, listen, man, like I said in the, uh, in the intro, you know, you're, you're a great conversation, not, not just for this. You know, when, when you come from street racing, drag racing, into motorcycles, your history of motorcycles, the stuff about your dad and coming up with that kind of environment. And music, like you were one of the most interesting cats that I've I've had a chance to sit down and have conversation with on any one of these subjects. So of course it makes sense that you find your way into a podcast. And let's talk about the beginnings of that. Well, I mean, I honestly went from uh, I had heard, I listened to my first podcast. I had never heard about podcasts before. And then Eric Gorgeous turned me on to the, that, that space and didn't really do anything with it. And then I listened to, honestly, the Joe Rogan experience. And oh, I love I that show, dude. Week. Oh, yeah. I listened to it one week. And a week later, I had I'd had my first podcast. And the first podcast that I did was called The Bottom Feed. And uh, it, we just, it was me and another friend just absolutely talking out of our asses about things we knew nothing about but it was fun we did it on video and we did it through i don't know if you remember the space ustream we did it through ustream and uh put it up there for a while and at ustream's gone now but and i really got serious about it and uh, i bought a little bit better gear in uh in 2012 and i you know i did it for a year I did, I did, I think I did 10 episodes and it was really tough to book guests. And it was really tough to get people to understand the medium and the space. And I can remember interviewing Darren from Liquid Illusions. And he's like, I asked him if you'd do it. He says, absolutely, he'd do whatever. And so we sat there and he's like, what are we gonna do? And I said, well, we're gonna talk for an hour. He goes, we're gonna talk for an hour? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then in an hour, I'm like, well, that was an hour. He's like, damn, that was quick. Yeah. So, yeah, Dan can out talk an hour, that's for damn sure. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think anybody loves the sound of my voice as much as I do. <laughs> you know, I can talk the ear off of a dead man. I inherited that from my dad, too. But I just, I left him up there for eight years, and, and I always wanted to get back into it. And I finally um, just said, screw it. You know, my dad had passed away, and I started doing them again. And, uh, man, I, I, I don't want to quit now. I, I, I'm actually gaining some traction. And... You know, we have a, we have a lot of subscribers and people that are interested in what we're doing and we talked to we've always talked to interesting people because let's face it our i don't even have to go outside of our industry to find some interesting people oh yeah you know i mean there's we're we're, we're ripe with them absolute characters but i think that's that's one of my favorite things man is like yeah everything moves fast now and there's so much great technology that you can get all the behind the scenes and everything but when it comes to you know, a, a show like this or, or podcast, when you go in, especially with long-form podcasts, when you get into long-form podcasts, it takes a good, you know, 20 minutes or so for, for someone to acclimate and sit down and get comfortable, and then it starts to happen. You know, and yeah, that, you've that magic, warm it up. And that magic comes out, man. And, like, there's there's nothing like a, a really well-done podcast. There's nothing like it. Because for someone who loves stories, I, I love the story. I love the backstory. I love finding this stuff out. And it's it's such a great medium. 
Well, that's what I love about music, too, is that I like any song that tells a story, you know? I mean, like, that song, Copper Road, that tells a story, you know? Uh, Tom Petty's American Girl, that tells a story. Just about everything Bob Seger's ever done tells a story. So, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. I love the story. And, I, you know, you learn... When you first start interviewing people, you're having a conversation back and forth, and, and you really don't know what you're doing. And then you start listening to your podcast back, which they say is the worst thing you can do, but it's the only <laughs> way you can learn to be critical of them and be better. And you have to learn to listen to understand, but still have a response instead of just listening to respond. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get that, Mark? <laughs> yeah, I, I rarely hear anything you say. Over the years, I've learned uh, one of my greatest accomplishments is you sound like Charlie Brown's teacher to me whenever you talk. We're like a, we're like an old married couple at this point. That's that's the deal. Yeah, everybody's got one of those dudes in their life, right? That's yeah. just you guys are just so arbitrary towards each other, but you couldn't do it without them. Right. It's kind of exactly. creepy. It's kind of creepy too because I don't really go for big beards, you know. <laughs> Not a beard guy, are you? Oh. <laughs> Great. I'm glad I shaved. <laughs> so, um, speaking of the technology part of this, you know, um, you were telling me about a mobile solution that you're also working on. Where does that fit into the picture with this? Well, so one of the things that I found is that trying to get people to come to my studio is a, is a difficult task, and then trying to set up a mobile you know, I can take my equipment wherever I want to go, but it's it's a little clunky, and it works wherever you put it, but there's the risk of damaging it and those types of things. So we looked at what kind of solutions are out there, and I, I, I'm not a van guy, you know. I'm, I'm not, I, I, it's just not my thing. So we looked at getting a trailer built. So we're going to have a trailer built. It's going to have, uh, it's going to be set up for kind of uh, TV and and just audio. There's a green room in the front with, you know, a place to kind of convalesce or, you know, kind of do show prep. There's an editing studio in it. And then the backside is going to be uh, a mobile mobile studio that, that has the ability to um, still have house a bike or two so we can travel with it. And when we go to places, it, I won't have it for Sturgis, but I will have it in, uh, I'll definitely have it by Daytona. And it's going to allow me to... You're not going to be able to give me a reason. I mean, you wouldn't, but someone else can't say, ah... I don't want to do it over the phone or yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. come to me. Well, can you get in, you know, you have to ask people to get in your van, which is kind of creepy, but I can say, Hey, you want to get my that trailer? That makes it so much better. It makes it so much better. If I say, Hey man, you want to come spend some time with me in the van? But listen, yeah. if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about weird and creepy and shit, you just use the word. What did you say? Convalesce. Convalesce. Yeah. Convalesce. I had to look that up while, while you were on screen. Just look it up that fast. Huh? <laughs> you didn't look, did you look it up that fast? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So um, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the show now. So you talked about the history and getting into this. So the uh, the garage built podcast, right? Where 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 does this start? What's going to be the what's going to be the premise? What is you know what has been the what set set the mission statement for everybody? What are you going to do? Well, so that's a good question. And see, I look at you as an arbiter of information. Like you're the guy that, I mean, you're the last man standing and, and it's all because you worked harder than everybody else and you don't have any quit in you. You're, you've got that, got kind of that ilk. Um, you can ilk say, me, you can uh, say stupid. No, I'm not saying stupid. I mean, I don't have any quit either. I mean, there would have been a lot of people who would have rolled up the, the sidewalks and went home. But the, the reason why I'm, the, the way I see me is to kind of break things down get into the minutiae of the, of the personality and the person because you know as well as I do um, everybody like you said 20 minutes in you start getting somebody kind of kind of open up a little bit relax you know give them a shot or two and, and kind of get them to chill out and they start telling stories and I want to I want to break things down and be kind of an an arbiter of people so you know you're you're out there you're the one that's championing all of our events you're the one that's out there championing all the you know, the space that we need to do what we want to do. You keep everybody in line as far as, you know, who's who and where's what and all those things. You're the where's Waldo of, of all the, the companies that you're the you're the guy they got to go to to advertise. I want to be the guy where I introduce you to the actual person behind that, you know, peel back the layers of, of, of the curtain, you know, like Wizard of Oz and, and, you know, get somebody to sit down and get them to talk and get them to relax and open up and 
you know, I want to hear about, you know, you just had Brian on. Brian's a good example. I, everybody knows his windshield. I want to know, you know, whose idea was it? You know, was it his? Was it his team's? Was it how did that, how did, how do you parse it out? Walk me through the process. And, and like you said, it's long form. So my goal is to obviously make this a part of what I do professionally um, and continue on down the road and try to be somebody that people want to be on my show. People, you know, strive to be on my show. I mean, you know, kind of a very Joe Rogan-esque. I mean, he's he's got a, a model there that works for, for the kind of conversations I like to have. I mean, uh, I was criticized very early on by somebody that I'll just may, remain nameless. It doesn't matter. But he was somebody that was an editor-in-chief of a big magazine for a long time. And he's very well-respected. I respect him. But I asked him to be on, and he, he thought, nah. He goes, I'm not going to do it if you don't have, like, he wanted, you know, structured, you know, we're going to do this bit, and then we're going to do this bit, and then we're going to do that bit. And I'm like, man, why can't you just sit down and have a conversation, you know? Right. And as it turned out, eight years later, here I am, I'm still doing it, and albeit with, you know, a big gap in there where I, I didn't produce any content, but I did keep it live so people could listen to it. And and now it, it works. You know, it's like, uh, I think it was a little bit, of, I'm not I'm not an outlier. I'm not. I'm not innovative at all, but I was. I wouldn't say that. Well, I, I would say that we were the first like custom motorcycle podcast that I'm aware of. I can't find anybody that, with older episodes than mine. That's all custom stuff, but we have we are out of the starting blocks before a lot of other people. So we're kind of comfortable in that space. And and I'm and I'm like I said, I like the sound of my own voice. So I, you know, it works well <laughs> as long as people like listening to it. I'll keep. Yammering on. <laughs> well, and I, I should mention too, like this is this is part of what makes you a good writer. Like that part of your personality is what makes you a good writer, and especially a good tech writer. You know, you just did a an article for Cycle Source magazine, but you've done them for other magazines. And part of what's good about reading your stuff is because you do have that kind of hunger to break things apart, you know, and make it and make it understandable and uncover those things for people. And and that's why I really dig, like you know, the the article that you did. For, for last month's cycle source, it may have seemed like a really, really simple thing, but I've turned a dozen guys onto that. I've, I've sent that, personally sent that article to 12 different guys. I even had one of them call you, a guy down yeah, in Florida. Yeah, you know what up. I mean? So I, I, think that's, I think that's part of your personality. Like it absolutely makes you an innovator because you understand, you understand that dynamic. You know, you understand the, the, the need to have more than just that surface level, like you were saying about Brian. Like one of the best parts the, of the story about Brian and the and the flare windshield is like literally they went to to wind tunnel testing with that. You know what I mean? And like hearing that whole story of that part of development was killer. Yeah, and you know, like I've said this for a long time, I'm really good friends with a lot of really talented people. You know, Paul Weidman, very good friend of mine. Cody Childress, very good friend of mine. Um, dude. Warren Lane is the guy's an oracle. When you go down to his shop and you spend a day with him, as I have, you don't walk away from there doing anything other than go, well, what the hell just happened? Like he gives a clinic while you're there, <laughs> you know? And so people don't, people don't realize that. So I'm a fan first. I've always been a fan first. And I've been criticized. If I've been criticized for anything is that, you know, I didn't make my own mids or I didn't make my own bars. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have to make a set of mids because Boosted Brad makes the mids I like. I don't have to build a set of bars right. because Lance out of Thrash and makes the bars I like. So what I'm good at is putting all that stuff together and making it work. So it's the th same thing I do with, with the, the magazine articles, which, by the way, thank you very much. I mean, I truly love writing. That's something that I love to do. And uh, you giving me an opportunity to do that again is, is fantastic. Oh, dude, you're helping us. <laughs> well, I get it. But, you know, I, let's say I've always said, like, um, getting back to my other point is like, I'm, I'm the guy that's going to put everything together. Like I can talk to pretty much anyone, you know, I can talk to, I can talk politics. I can talk, you know, religion, you know, people say, don't talk politics or religion. I say, listen, talk to everybody about politics and religion. But when you're listening, listen to understand, not to respond. Mm -hmm. And you can actually have some discourse because at the end of the day, when something bad happens to a community, everybody in the community feels this, a similar thing and so the motorcycle industry is the smallest billion dollar industry i can come up with so when something bad happens to somebody inside our industry we all feel something it's not the same for you as it is for me you know american iron going out 
that's oh. not the same for me as it is for you, but it's bad for all of us, right? Or it's yeah. negative or whatever it is. I, we don't have to unpack that. But what I'm saying is that I like to use other people's stuff and make it work. You know, there's plenty. I, Paul Weidman makes way better parts than I can think of. So I'm just going to buy his stuff. And you, you get what I'm saying on that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to reinvent the wheel to put a set of them together with a cool motor and and exactly. come up with your own design of a motorcycle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do to spread I, the wealth also. I mean, it's it's exactly. nice to have a guy like you that has the reach that you have that's nice enough not to want to be everything all at one time. I mean, not I'm not a bulldog, man. I think right. that's bull, bulldogging things. I try to, you know, when I was teaching high school, I was trying to teach kids, you know, lots of different things. And and it was like, look, you have to identify what you're good at and then work on that. And if you do that and you're happy doing it, then you'll be fine. And that's the space that I occupy. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy writing. Uh, I have lots of goals that I want to, that I want to do with this. Obviously at some point in time, this has to, this, this has to fill the coffers so that I can do that. But I'm, I'm smart enough and I read enough and I want to learn $10 words and I want to use them and make people have to Google shit while they're talking to me. But I do that so that I don't come off as a dumb dumb because honestly, that's what I am. I'm not being self-deprecating in anything other than just, it's just a fact. I'm a dumb dumb. I got through high school. I figured it out how to get through high school, graduated with honors, but I never took a algebra class ever. You know what I mean? I don't, if somebody gave me a held a gun to my head and told me I had to do an algebra program, I'd just say, pull it, we're done, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. But I have an answer for a lot of other things. Well, and it, it comes down to, like, a, you know, one of the, the common phrases you'll hear me say is how motorcycles saved my life because I was on a really bad track. I didn't care about learning shit. And, I mean, just until recently, and it's funny because it was Steve Burroughs that taught me this. I'm so bad at math. Like, first of all, I dropped out of high school in 10th grade. I'm so bad at math and was terrified because now I'm doing machining work and to use a lathe and a mill and like and do these things efficiently you really have to have some math you know especially when it comes to reading micrometers and calipers and everything else and I was confiding in Steve Broyles about this and I was like dude I'm so upset because I've got my first mill and like you know I'm bad at math and I, re I really want to learn to read the equipment and not rely on everything being digital and doing a conversion and he goes well you don't need math to read that stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, the whole thing is math. And he goes, nah. He said, you know how to count money, don't you? And I was like, well, yeah, money's the one math I can do in, like, all abstract fashion. And he said, well, here you go. He said, here, here's the deal. $10 is one inch. And I'm yeah. like, okay, what do you mean? And he broke that down for me like that. How $10, if you take all the pennies in $10, if you take all the dimes in $10, if you take all the every, every denomination in $10, you can apply that to the micrometer, the caliper, and every other machine. And immediately I walked away knowing that. And it was the delivery of information in a, in a fashion that was palatable to me. And that's what we're talking about here with the kind of, the kind of media and the kind of way that you're delivering that stuff. Well, let me give you a... Let me to play on what you were just talking about. So I was, I moved down here in 2010 and I started teaching high school auto shop and I had to teach micrometers and I had to, it's my kryptonite. I mean, I, the anxiety, the level of anxiety I had was I was reading the book and reading the book and reading the book and trying to articulate that in a way to the students to where I didn't come off as a dumb dumb because that's what I am. And we used we used the exact analogy that you used. It's it's if you put it out in the money, I can count money. <laughs> like, you know, and and I learned, you know, I did car sales for a little while. I learned that you know you have to be able to count and use a calculator and all those things. But it's all tools, right? Everybody has a tool bag, and let me rephrase that. Everybody has a toolbox, and the tools that you have in your toolbox need to help you get through whatever it is you're going through. And so, you know, if you you've got to have the right kind of pieces and parts in there. And if not, you got to have a friend, you know, you got to phone a friend and, and get some help and get some scaffolding and figure it out. You know, you just got to figure it out. Mark, I think for a second he was he was confusing tool bag with trick bag. I don't know. Toolbox and all trick I bag. caught out of that whole thing is everybody's a tool bag. Which yeah, works I know. for me. I, I, that's where I was afraid everybody was going to go there, right? <laughs> right right in the gutter, right? Yep, that's leave it to us. I'm good with it. 
Right on, man. Well, what's uh? So, um, what sh- what show number are you on? Where can we where can we go next to? Uh... We've got we've produced thirty four episodes. I have two more episodes coming coming out that I that I'm going to release this week. Um, both one of them is a, is kind of a home builder guy, and the other one is well, they both are kind of home builder guys. But one of them is Kyle Ray Rice, and that kid's ridiculous. That kid makes me feel like a dum dum all over again. <laughs> And so he's just, there's these guys, there's so many talented people, you know? And yeah. so I've got two episodes that are in the, in the can that I've got to, I've got to run through the, run through the production cycle and um, put the commercials in, in their place. And we did just launch our website this weekend too. And it's uh, garagevillepodcast.com. And then we are um, off to Sturgis. And I plan to come back from Sturgis with at least... Uh, five or six podcasts. I know I'll do one with uh, Boosted Brad. I know I'll do another one with Cody Childress from Whoville Speed and Custom. Um, I'm going to try to pin James Carter down. He's a seat guy. Does a lot of stuff for Covington's Customs. Um, but even then, I mean, you know, Jeff G. Holt, I'm going to try to pin him. I don't know if we'll be able to pin him down that, you know, that week, but he's been on a couple times. He's some of my most downloaded episodes. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good conversation, too. Yes, he's seen a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. I've got, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a card. He's coming to do, um, we have that show coming up in December that we moved from June to December, uh, central Florida wheels of steel. That's the motorcycle show. And he's our MC, our, 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 you know, kind of our show ambassador for that week. So, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my stuff together here, but (laughs) let's, let's talk about Sturgis for a minute because this was our big, uh, this was our, our big push tonight was having Mike on. You know, we're all gearing up for Sturgis Live and everything. What what's your do you have any anxiety about it? Are you I mean, where do you sit I have personally? Some reservations. But I mean, here's what I'm gonna do. Um I get a lot of shit for this, but I am um somebody that I enjoy I get on I get motorcycled for you know, forty to fifty hours a week here, pretty easily. Sixty hours when or more when there's something going on, we go to you know we go to Sturgis and and I don't get a chance to ride as much because I look at it as like a, a high school reunion. I get to see Pat Patterson uh, this year. I'm going to see Paul will be there this year. You know, those are all my friends that 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 I love and respect and that have been in this this deal with me for so long. And uh, it's a it's a reunion for me, so I get to see all my people, you know, in one place, and that's important to me too to spend FaceTime with them. So, but we're gonna actually, if if, if there's no, not a lot of vendors or whatever the situation may be, uh, we can social distance on our motorcycles. That's what we do, and we'll you know put our helmets on and we'll go out and, and see some things that I haven't seen before. I, I will tell you, I've been to Sturgis uh four times or something like that in the last ten years, and I've never gone to see any of the real like the monument type things i'm always kind of doing something i'm either writing an article or going over to this show or doing that whatever i enjoy this part of what the motorcycle industry has to offer very much i like contributing i like being you know i've always said like for my career i'm not a billy lane i'm not a jesse james i'm not a i'm i I love all those guys and i love their work but i want to be the guy that when when my career is is winding down that I want to be the guy that's in the back of the room. I played at the back of the room first because those are the dudes that are in it with me. I mean, Jerry Covington said something about in the earlier interview about dudes that come in and out of the industry. And I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with somebody who, you know, cherry picks stuff when things are good and people can get mad at me all they want, but I've been poor and broke and without things. And my kids have not seen me at certain events while they were growing up so that we could do this, right? So that I get to a certain point where I can get to a point where I can take a little bit of a breath, relax a little bit. So I get kind of pissed and put off when I see dudes come in and out of this, this thing with, you know, one, one foot in in the water. And and so I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very vocal about that. And you can get mad at me if you want. Everybody You know what, actually, dude, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I sometimes feel like a, a sour old prick. You are. Well, okay, honey, thank you. <laughs> That's my job. Um, but 
I, I feel that way because I feel like there, I feel like there's a commitment that has to be made to this too. And you know, the three of us sitting here, like we work our asses off, and it and it's not always it's not always been good. I mean, no. Jesus, the early days, the early days of the magazine, the places that we slept and the shit that we yeah. did, the ways we got mm-hmm. there to do this stuff was yeah. was amazing. And I think that was that was a time honored rite of passage for it, for the good times, that when you did get to the good times, that they meant so much. And I'm afraid that it turns into metaphysical junk food, you know. And the sad part about it is, in some senses, we've actually had to go take jobs to keep doing what we wanted to do, you know? like Everybody has. And, and, you know, it's just a matter I've never not done this since I started doing this. And that's when I said earlier, when we first got into the conversation, is that there's been lots of times where I probably said, you know what, this isn't working. You're an idiot. You know, like I said earlier, I'm a dumb dumb, but I don't have any quit in me. If I want to do something, I've been married to the same woman for 26 years. I'm 47 years old. We got married while she was in high school, and it wasn't for any other reason. That's just what we're going to do. So I don't have a problem with commitment, and this is what I want to do. And so I'm going to do it hell or high water. And, you know, I'm trying as hard as I can to keep the lights on and some days are better than others but when somebody it wants to marginalize that and you know i have dudes that come in my shop and i don't even I, i'm real and i'm honest with them about this so i'm not saying anything now that i haven't said to them if you're building bikes in your garage that's great buy your parts from me or buy your parts from another retail organization and it's fine but you shouldn't be doing labor out of your garage and taking money for it i pay ask steve Royals what he pays for his for his garage keeper's liability insurance. And if I'm going yeah. off on a tangent, I shouldn't go off no, on no. Tell me to stop. But it's a fact. I'm in an 8,200-square-foot building with two full-time employees that work wrenching in the back, one in the front, plus myself. I mean, there's overhead there. Mm-hmm. When someone comes in and wants a deal, it's like, on what? I'm giving you a deal. The deal is, I'm here. I sell squares. <laughs> How many do you want? Yeah, I'll give you a deal. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but I, I learned that from, from, from Steve Broyles more than anybody, is that don't, if you want to compete with me on a level playing field, that's fine. But don't start a business in your garage and then keep doing it that long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you can get mad. Like I said, people want to get mad at me, they get mad at me. You can have a conversation with me. I'm easy to find. And I'll explain it to you in a nice manner where how you shouldn't be doing that. You're not licensed by the state. You're not sure. You're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I am. I put in the work. Well, and the biggest thing about that, man, and I mean, speaking from a magazine thing, since you brought that up earlier about, you know, American Iron going away, this one, that one. You know, it's it's easy to just go on to social media and, you know, shoot from the hip and yeah. whip off an opinion and a criticism and a this and that. But when you're doing when you're doing the you're occupying the space of media delivery and it's what you do, it becomes a whole different proposition. Yeah. Like you can't just talk out of your ass. No. You can't you can't th- you can't not think about the implications and the impact the several ripples along the way mm-hmm. and what and what that's going to do, you know? And oh, there are so many days where he'll be like, I need to say this. Or I'll be like, I need to say this. And yeah, you really can't. You, well, I mean, you can, but you probably shouldn't because yeah. is it really worth it? You know, or, or, or you just... Or are you just talking because you're hot right now and after right. you think it through, it's like, well, look, that's just, it's superficial anyway, you know? But yeah, the. Yeah, but there's a difference between what Heather's saying. I get what you're saying. Like everybody gets angry and, and pops off like a cork every once in a while. But what I'm talking about is real substantive conversation about look, we're trying to make a living here. Yeah. We're trying to support our suppliers. You know, when all these things happened with the lockdown and not going off on a tangent of that, but trying to explain to people who had, you know, pedestrian jobs or government employees or work for a giant corporation that they were just sent home with their laptop, they get their check and they get to wear their fuzzy little slippers and you don't have to clean the, the sleep out of their eyes. My bike shop was still open because we were essential, right? We didn't qualify for any of that other stuff and we had to keep the lights on. And, you know, and I'm being, uh, you know, I'm being uh, demonized for not wearing a mask or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, look, we, we have to keep going here. This is, you either have to lead, follow, or get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, and in, in a lot of the same ways, that it, it is exactly what we were saying, man, because, you know, in our end of the world, we'll watch a lot of these people come, just like you're saying, in and out. They bounce in and out because they're influencers, you know, and they're, they're the hot product of the day. So our industry will, will pour resources at them just because they have this glorified following when 
same deal. You know, we're kind of the brick and mortar. We're the ones that even in the bad times, we're rah rah motorcycle, rah rah biker culture. You know what I mean? And like those those influencers come and go like the tides do. But it's it's really like the core that we're talking about in all of this. The core people that understand how to fix the motorcycles, how to build the motorcycles, how to ride the motorcycles, and what's important about our communities and our cultures. You know that for me that was the that was one of the saddest things about losing magazines like Ironworks, American Iron. You know, going back to going back to Ironworks like that. Dennis Stump, you know, coined the phrase the Thinking Man's Harley magazine. I thought that was the coolest shit when I was young, man. You know, and and we've lost a lot of that. Yeah, we have. And then you have, uh, not to besmirch anybody, but whatever. Like I said, I played at the back of the room anyways. You have, you know, Easy Riders now just a name. You know, it's mm. basically the Affliction Jeans version of a ta- coffee table book for for motorcycles. It doesn't, it's, I don't know. It's, a, you, you can... It, if it was if it stood on its own, if it came out and it didn't have somebody else's somebody else's name on it that had a legacy attached to it, it'd be fine. But I've got a stack of Easy Riders, taller than me, that you know that are different. It's a different thing. There's still tech in there. And that shit meant something to us. Yeah, now you it just seems I mean? like Easy Riders just looking for a way to steal a couple more dollars out of your pocket. Dude, you know? that is um, that's right. a money crab. I'm sorry. I mean, it is what it is. Totally Would agree. I love somebody to come in here and offer me oodles of cash for this joint? That'd be fun to yep. think about for a second, but then what am I going to do? You know, I like sure. being kind of the puppet master of my own little dance here, you know. And like I said, I'll, I'll always play to the back of the room. My dudes know who they are, and I've got a lot of good friends, man. That, that I, This is what I do. This isn't just what I do for a living. This is what my life is. My life is motorcycles, and it's not just riding. It's not just working on them. It's talking about them, thinking about them, dreaming about them. You know, my best friends don't live hardly anywhere near me. I've got a, you know, one of my best friends lives in Texas. I have to go see him, you know, on the way to Sturgis and take him up there. My other best friend lives in England. You know, I got another one that lives in Australia, and it's all because of motorcycles. Yep. Nope. 100%. You know, you guys, Chris, Heather. You know, how often do we get a chance to break bread and be in the same room with each other? Thankfully, we have, you know, outlets like this where we can do these types of things. And and God love you for producing content like this and giving us opportunity to to get in each other's faces and see how everybody's doing. But, man, you know, it's just it has to be it, it has to we have to move. We have to keep moving those chains and we have to come up with new innovative ways to do it. But I'm I'm concerned about the people that um, that have got us to this point. And then what they're going to do to get us to the next point. You know, you got dudes like Paul Weidman and in in just producing new product after new product after new product. You've got guys like Boosted Brad, um, Death Metal Racing Parts, and that stuff. Those guys all they're making parts, mm-hmm. right? And those are the parts that I sell. I I told Paul a couple months ago. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm antiquated having a, a brick and mortar bike shop like you don't need me you can go direct to the direct to the manufacturer and some of these people what the, the direct to manufacturer doesn't realize i get it they're they're upset about the amazons and and other things that that have happened we can't put that smoke back in the bottle yeah but I'll, I'll give you an example you guys are you, you guys aren't with this company but there's i'll just tell you what happened so a couple years ago we all know we can I'm not going to name any names, but you know what I'm going to talk about. So a couple years ago, we have this giant conglomeration of venture capitalists that swoop in, swoop up a a giant chunk of our motorcycle industry. And then they buy a couple other things and they lump them all together. And I've got people, I have three different people I can buy from to get the same part. And they're they're going to pull it out of other people's warehouses that are closer to me. And my salesman that comes in here every month to make sure that I'm okay and I'm alive and that do I need anything, can I do any returns for you, is going to get out, cut out of that. And they're all owned by the same parent company. Mm-hmm. And then they have the biggest warehouse in the state I'm in, in the southeastern United States, two and a half hours away here in Daytona. And we know who they're ta- who I'm talking about. And, and you know, if you think that conglomerate was bad, wait till you see the new one that's just about to happen. I'm, I'm, I can I can hardly wait. It's it's being it's being assembled right now, right behind the scenes, just behind the curtain. There's sure. a new there's a new mega mega devil coming. So, 
it's going to change. The bottom line is here is that, you know, we can, we're not even belaboring anything. We're, we're actually having a conversation about what's what's real and what's factual. And I'm in the throes of the retail side of it and the service end of it. And I'm trying to occupy, uh, occupy a certain amount of space on the interwebs with, you know, my content stuff. But you said it before about people just kind of popping up out of nowhere and having a like a killer social media deal. That's a house of cards. Yeah. And you and I know, and all the people that we know, I'm seeing the people that are posting over here on the side, like that are chiming in. There's some players over there that know that you can, re, you can, you can recognize real. Real recognizes real, right? Doesn't that? I don't yeah. think I heard a rap song or something. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that that was one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on here too, because like the the best of this right now is the is the honesty. You know, I love I love that we live in a an age of citizen journalism and everything else because it's really taken away the veil of bullshit for a lot of stuff. I mean, there's still plenty of bullshit. Let's be serious, yeah. but it's taken away a lot of it because you know this whole community that exists in this digital universe. Like they will they will uncover that bullshit in two minutes flat. You know, so you're not going to put that same smoke show on anymore in this. So the honesty is we're really in a time now where you can actually tell the truth. You can bust balls and keep it real like that. And and it's just it's just what is, you know. Yeah, I don't want to be friends with anybody that's not going to have the ability to pull me off the side and say, hey, man, you all right? You need a hug? You good? You're kind of. You're being an ass. And at the same time, I don't want to be friends with somebody that I can't do that with. Right. And so the, the circle of people that we that we orbit with and through all have the ability to do that to each other. And peeling back that curtain and being more vulnerable to letting people see what you really are. I mean, you know, it used to be, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today. Is like, you know, I took a lot of heat because I, I wrote for a certain magazine for a certain number of years. When I built my bike, I didn't feel that it was the kind of bike that should be in that magazine. So I reached out to you and I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? You know, and you're like, yeah, I love it. I want to I want to put in my magazine. So I had, you know, I let you run my my personal bike in your magazine because I thought it was a better fit. And I took a lot of shit for that. And like oh, I said, and so did I. Yeah, and and look, man, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm on team us, team you, team me, everybody in here. Everybody that's contributing that has a real, like, vested interest in what we're doing, moving things forward, I don't care. I don't bulldog things, and, and no one should. Yeah. I mean, I'll, you know, I'm, I always kid around and say, look, you can, I'll show you, I'll show you my P&L if you want to see it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have anything to hide. You know, I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. And if somebody really needs help, then I want to help them. If you get a young guy or a young girl that's getting into this business, man, you know, yep. get over here. I'll show you what it's like. Here's here's a shop towel and there's a hoist and let's go make some mistakes you know that you can learn from. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on with us tonight. I'm super looking forward to uh, to where all this goes next for you and um, and anything that we can get involved in. I know we're gonna we're gonna help promote the show at the end of the year and hopefully we're gonna do some more stuff with that that we'll be talking about here in, in short order. But tell everybody where they can keep track of you, at least one of your personal your main personality. My main personality. You can follow. You can follow this 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 lovely handsome gentleman at Speed Metal Built on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. That's where you'll find all my uh, my funny posts and things like that. And you can check uh, the Garage Built podcast is the other one on Instagram. But it, I kind of find that to be redundant. But I haven't figured that out yet. But the the best way is to go to any go to iTunes, Spotify. Um, iHeartRadio, our podcast is there. It's the Hell on Wheels Garage Built Podcast. I know the name is long, but I'm always somebody that's planning ahead. So the Garage Built Podcast is kind of the network, and the Hell on Wheels Podcast is, is what we're actually producing right now. And uh, in hopes to use this mobile studio to do other things and, and, and build some more content. So, And I'm on Facebook, but that's really, you know, if that's where you go to argue with me about politics. <laughs> and I love to do that. I'll post things up and then I take it down a few hours later just once I get everybody riled up. Right on, man. Well, listen, I'm definitely looking forward to spending some time with you in Sturgis. We want to get uh we want to get you on camera with us a little bit out there and and maybe actually get to break away. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude, no no kidding. Like you you and Xavier doing that bit in Daytona. I pissed my pants laughing about it. It was crazy. Yeah. So he was fun. Yeah, Dito, Dito, Dito will make an appearance in uh, in Sturgis for certain. 
Right on. So that's it. Sturgis, next stop, man. All right, listen, thanks for being on. Um, we'll catch you out there and definitely spend some time and break some bread. And, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for having me on, Chris. I love you, man. You're a great dude. You've always helped me out. You've always been there for me. Anytime that, you know, anytime I needed anything, I appreciate it. And check us out. Uh, make sure we go to wheel, cfwheelsofsteel.com. That's the, that's the custom motorcycle show. So yeah, think, that helps. I think we had that up there real quick. Yeah, I, I have the right, the comments. I have the right site up. Yeah, there it was go. perfect. Cool. Perfect. Thank you. Dig it. Yeah, so we're going to be looking forward to that, too. All right, man, we'll catch you in Sturgis. Thanks All again. Right, well. All right, see you, buddy. All right, so we are way over time tonight, but it's, I mean, with that many great people on the show, how can you even, how can you even watch the clock? Right. You know? Um, but it's way past my bedtime. There was a it clock. Is. There was a clock. Oh. Say goodnight, Christopher. <laughs> goodnight, Christopher. No, seriously. Goodnight, John I want to I thank you guys one more time for tuning in. This is Shop Talk, 90 to 120 minutes, all the bullshit we can fit. We go live every Sunday night. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio, 50 floors below the street level here at CycleSource Magazine headquarters. Um, please check out all of our shows that we're doing through Source Media. Support the people over at Choppertown because Choppertown has given us a really, really big opportunity to do more of this as we are all stuck in and in need of contact with other people who understand the kind of insanity that only happens when you're possessed by the two-world lifestyle. So thanks for being here with us, crew. Right anybody, anybody have anything else to add? See us in Sturgis. we got a ton of stuff. See us in Sturgis. got lots and lots and lots of good stuff on it. If you can't make it to Sturgis, you can watch Sturgis live. We do. Real quick breakdown. Our bike show, Sunday. The full throttle bike show, Monday. AMCA day. Vintage day, Monday. Vintage, you're going, see, I have it out of order now. Oh. You're, you're killing me. You're Sorry. killing me, Smalls. You're literally killing me. What, Monday and Monday? How can you have that out of order? <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday, our run to the line. We're going up Van Ocker Canyon. Um, we have a cool Friday thing going. Friday, we're going out to, or we're going to be doing the, the Biker Olympics, rodeo games at the Still Pony, and obviously all week long, we're going to be working on Sturgis Live. Hope to see you guys in Sturgis. If nothing else, if you are coming, if you aren't coming, be safe. Be kind to each other right now because the world is a fucking mess. It really is. And, like, the only thing that, the only thing that you can do is change your little part of it right here. So turn to the people that you're with. Love them. Respect them. Do your thing. Until next week when we're coming back at you with more Shop Talk, same chopper time. Same chopper channel. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> you have been listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening. 